Hi, dear listener. I'm Rowan. I'm very grateful that you're here. And I'm also suffering from something that I recently started calling doing good fatigue. Do you recognize that, that you have ideas to do better? I don't know, keep a better eye on the environment when you order stuff, for example. And then you kind of get lost in a wood of information and you don't really know whether you are indeed better for the environment or you're greenwashing. It can be really confusing sometimes, right? Or I thought so, and then I met Marike, who is the creative director of an agency and a brand. And she inspired me today during this episode, and I hope she's going to inspire you as well to see it in a very different way. So for her, we shouldn't pull back and think this is too much, but instead we should dive deeper. And instead of seeing it as something that is hard and insurmountable, you should see it as a way to become more creative. Well, listen in, let me know how you think after this, whether you feel still tired or more active and engaged. Bye. After starting her career in the traditional fashion industry, Marike Fink soon felt uncomfortable with the way things were done and knew there had to be better ways. She quit her job, joined hands with Charlotte van Waas, and in 2009 they opened the doors to the first sustainable concept store in the Pijp in Amsterdam, Charlie and Mary. To increase their impact in 2012, they launched the first exclusively sustainable fashion agency in the Netherlands, and they currently represent six of the most forward-thinking labels in the Benelux. Earlier this year, they launched their own circular fashion essentials label, Charlie Mary. Marike is on a heartfelt mission to take what she calls true fresh fashion from niche to norm. Such a pretty slogan, <laughs> from niche to norm. I love it. Welcome, Marike. Hi. Thanks for joining us in um, what is a house studio. So with the Unmachine Yourself podcast, we typically rent studios or record in places that have something to do with the future of work. Um, so if we talk about creativity, we'll be in a fashion studio, for example. But we were thinking, considering all the hybrid work that we now do and probably will do in the future... Why not just do it in a lovely, little, cute Amsterdam house? So with uh, Charlie Mary, did you guys work at home or how did that go? We worked a lot from home, yeah. Actually, um, just before Corona hit, we were already sort of thinking like, hey, we, have, we had a very like pretty showroom in the east of Amsterdam. Uh, it was quite big uh, and we travel a lot as well. So also a lot of times it was empty. Um, so it was already like in our minds, like, do we need the space or can we, you know, organize things differently? Uh, and then there was Corona. Uh, so then uh, the decision was uh, made easy. Uh, first, we uh, we went back to our uh, homes. So we both worked from home and then we had video calls like everyone else, um, which I very much enjoyed, to be honest. Like mm. I, I noticed that, uh, yeah, my creativity could flow much better than uh, being in an office surrounding the whole day. Because so there were less distractions? Or? Exactly, yeah. yeah, 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 less distractions and also a bit more like you can go with your own flow. So, uh, you know, sometimes uh, it just goes better in the evening or uh, yeah. early morning or whatever. Just yeah. like when it comes, you just uh, get to work. Um, 
But because we also have an agency, we also needed a showroom to yeah. uh, to show people the collections. So then uh, we moved to a, a smaller studio uh, in Pakhuis Wilhelmine. Uh, and that worked very well. We're actually still there, maybe now already for one and a half, two years. Uh, isn't that long already since yeah. uh, the crisis? I think crisis? so. I think, I think so. so. Time yeah. flies <laughs> when there's <laughs> virus going on. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you have to tell me everything about the brand. Um, but before we go into the brand and the future of fashion, um, can you tell me just a little bit more about yourself? Like what, when you were a kid, were you already inspired by fashion or what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, I, I was actually like uh, there were a lot of things I wanted to be, but I guess the, for the bigger part of uh, primary school, um, I wanted to become a fashion designer. Wow! And um, my best friend uh, Maike and me, uh, after school we would uh, draw like very seriously like uh, collections and uh, yeah we would draw a whole collection. So uh, yeah, it's quite funny actually if you think about it. <laughs> and then yeah. that's what you did, but you also felt. The mainstream fashion industry wasn't your industry, right? No, no. I uh, in the end I didn't uh, uh, did a design studies, but I uh, I went for fashion management uh, on Amphi, um, where basically you learn um, or where we learned in our time um, to deal with uh, the system, which which now we see is not really working. Like uh, it's, it's rotten, no. basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess during that studies, uh, not yet. I mean, I, like it was very interesting and, and nice, and you know, we wanted to become like uh, either a fashion buyer or or work in production, and it all seemed very glamorous and uh, and fun. Uh, and then I think when I started working, uh, actually started working in fashion, then. Um, I kind of had a dream job, like I was traveling to Paris, London, uh, to buy example samples. And then, uh, oh yeah, we would basically sort of copy, adjust. Uh, I would also travel to Hong Kong for production mm. uh, trips and stuff like that. But then I guess soon I realized, hmm, is this actually like how I, how I, like how I imagined working in the fashion industry? Uh, because it was not so inspiring, and I was very much missing the, yeah, the, the stories about craftsmanship. So you you worked for a brand then, if you say we basically copied. Uh, no, I I started working for. Um, uh, how do I explain this without saying the name? No, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> um, just, um, can be I, a very worked, vague description. Yeah, <laughs> I worked for a company um, offering private label uh, accessories. Ah, for, okay, uh, okay, brands. okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and and for this uh, we used to travel to uh, the bigger fashion cities, uh, London, Paris, yeah. for example, uh, and then we would we would call them like inspiration trips. Yeah, and what you do is like you go to uh, to shops like uh, for example Topshop at the time. Uh, I think now it's different shops, but also like smaller boutiques and stuff, and then you buy the stuff which you think is inspiring, new. Uh, Mostly also like copies from the catwalk, and that is then used as examples and as a yeah sort of a basic collection from where you start uh, mm. developing your collection. Mm. Yeah, that's and, a uh, yeah. different idea of creativity, huh? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the first few times, I mean, I was like in the beginning of my twenties. Yeah, you were so young. Yeah. It was of course amazing. Like we would go out for dinners and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, walking around in cities like that with a company credit card and. Uh, but after a while, you start thinking and you're like, uh, 
what are we doing actually? And, and so if you say that you started to have those second thoughts and it didn't really feel right, was it was it the lack of creativity or was it also that feeling of mass production? Because I know with with uh, Charlie Mary, you guys are circular fashion, for example, so it's very sustainable. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. So what was the first no for you? What was the first reason uh, to want something different? Yeah, I guess, I mean, of course, as well, like the, the way creativity was approached. Um, but I think uh, the main reason was that I uh, went on a production trip to China. Uh, and there I, yeah, I, I mean, it was not like bad, bad circumstances, uh, but I still saw that it was not fair. Uh, the way things were done. And also um, I was working both on the product development side, uh, but also on the sales side. So what I did as well was like, I would, so I would help to create the collections, but I would also sell them. And then I would make the offers for like the bigger chain stores in Europe. Uh, and, there were, and you could always like play around with prices. Sure, yeah. And the prices were very low. I mean, at some point you start seeing like it's it's a low price and then you also still... Uh, had to negotiate like the higher the numbers, the lower the price, mm. which didn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, and I guess at the same time, uh, I started a master studies as well, which was more uh, about policy making uh, in organizations. Uh, and there, I was like very much attracted to the subject of uh, corporate social responsibility. So mm. I chose all the subjects which were about this. Uh, and then I started to make connections between the fashion industry and corporate social responsibility. And yeah, then it sort of like became clear, like, okay, what I'm doing now is, is just not what I'm like, I don't stand behind this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also saw that there was like, uh, there were other possibilities, you know, there were yeah. things being done differently. Also, and also from the travels, eh? because like when you travel, you also discover things. So that's, I mean, also because of that, I, I discovered that there were brands who were doing things much better, mm -hmm. um, but they were, for example, not available yeah. uh, in the Netherlands yet. Um, but so. still, I find, I mean, when you entered the studio today, I already yeah. said, I've done a bit of research on Charlie and Mary. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't want this to be a PR podcast, but I, I, I was honestly impressed because I've never seen a brand being so rigidly almost in trying <laughs> to really do good. Yeah. And it's really hard to do good. So, I mean, as in the change, the chains are very complex, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to. Um, so, so a couple of things that I found about you uh, or about Charlie Mary is that you, for example, buy garments that were used by other brands, but but are tossed away, right? So you uh, work fabrics. from those. Fabrics, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So you buy those fabrics and then you work from there. Yeah. And also you try to create design that is uh, timeless. So that, people, yeah. yeah. And then there are more things like the labels or the, you know, the material of that. So can you explain a little bit about what is circular fashion? What are you trying to do? Yeah. What are the rules for Charlie Mary? Yeah. No, yeah. Um, no let's start with what, what is circular fashion? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, like basically like for uh, years and years, and that's also like how we're educated is a linear fashion system, uh, which is a so-called uh, take and waste 
system. Yeah. Uh, so you take like uh, uh, natural resources or not natural resources uh, and you, you make it into a product and uh, after its uh, lifetime, it's it's been thrown away. Yeah. And that's why we now have all these humongous piles of, of textile waste. Yeah. And that's also the very typical seasonal clothing, right? Where you hear yeah. a lot of people saying, well, every season I go and I buy very cheap clothing and then I'll toss yeah. them away after one season after because one season. it's it's no longer good or you yeah. know, the collar is vague. Or, yeah. yeah, the quality isn't good or you don't yeah. like it anymore and you just, it's, no, no it's easy fashion. to buy something yeah. new yeah. as well. Uh, and in a circular uh, fashion system, um, like the, the core of this is that you don't create any waste. Um, so either you, you are able to wear it forever, <laughs> which is... I mean, forever is, of course, difficult, but then you can think about, okay, but what do I do like after I wore it, for example, for 10 years? I mean, that's something we think about as well, like in the design process. Uh, but it could also be uh, that you use materials which are biodegradable. Um, but uh, the idea is you don't create any waste. Mm -hmm. You try to not create any waste. Yeah. And so, for example, are you wearing something Charlie yeah. Mary now? Yeah. yeah. So that is a black sweater. Yeah. And... What type of material is that? Do you know that? Yeah, the this fabric? one is uh, this is from our first drop, as we call it, because we don't work with uh, seasons, but we yeah we develop as we go, and uh, we also try to uh, develop seasonless collections. Uh, so the first drop we uh, collaborated with um, a designer in uh, in Turkey. We've mm -hmm. been working with her already for a long time. Uh, she has her own atelier uh, there, uh, a fair. Uh, yeah, fair production atelier in Izmir. Uh, and uh, she knew that there was a lot of uh, dead stock around there. Uh, I mean, there's warehouses full of dead stock materials, beautiful fabrics, which are, uh, yeah, like not used by, uh, by other fashion houses, for example, because it was overstock or uh, maybe there was like one little defect somewhere on the fabric. Uh, no, yeah, like several reasons, uh, but there is a lot of fabric out there. Um, and when we started, we did a lot of research, like, okay, you know, where do we start? What is, how can we uh, accelerate, basically, uh, to, to go grow towards this circular fashion system? Um, and, and then, uh, I mean, if you are still really, yeah, quite small, which, which we are, uh, then at the moment, the best thing you can do is work with what there is. Of course, you don't want to uh, create a system where brands start thinking, oh, you know, it's easy to be sustainable because uh, I use fabric and if I don't use it all, then there's other brands who buy it. And there will be Charlie Mary yeah, and they exactly. will buy it. No. So that's not what you want, but at, at the moment, there's still a lot of fabric out there. Yeah. Uh, so then it's better to use what there is instead of creating new fabrics. Yeah. Um, so what I'm wearing now, um, we found in one of those warehouses close to the, yeah, to the atelier in Turkey where it's made. Um, it's cotton. So it's, for example, it's not organic cotton. Mm -hmm. So that's then yeah, a choice because, of course, yeah. as a sustainable brand, uh, yeah, the first thing is like, yeah, you, you may want to say like, okay, we only use sustainable fabric, so that would then be organic cotton. But, but this was this already case, there, so this you was don't already there. throw it away. Yeah. yeah, and instead of creating a new fabric out of organic cotton, then this is still... Yeah. At this moment, still more sustainable. And did you still have to color it or was it already no. black? No, we use it as it is as well. Ah, yeah. okay. So we're not going to... Uh, so you just take what is and then the designers go and they have to come up with a design 
that is then seasonless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it doesn't go we, out of fashion, yeah, right? That's yeah, the idea. Yeah. 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 We have to design. So when we go, we we have in mind what we want to make. Uh-huh. Uh, but then, yeah, then, then, then you have to work with the fabric you find. So then, there's always a lot of picking and uh, yeah. yeah, adjusting. Uh, yeah, because we have to work with the fabrics which are which are already there. Yeah, and you also um, give tips to people who do wear what they can do after after something is yeah. no longer for them, right? Or yeah. either you make it into something else, um, yeah. or Even tips on how you can wash and treat your clothing so that remains really good. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's where it starts, of course, uh, because you want to expand the lifetime uh, as long as possible. Um, So the first thing you can do as a consumer uh, is uh, take really good care of your fashion piece. Um, So we provide tips like, okay, how how can you wash your piece the best way possible? um, like not drying it for like in a, in a tumble dryer, for example, but air dry it, um, stuff like that. Like how can you uh, fix maybe a little hole, um, like easy things you can do to not throw it into the textile container. Mm-hmm. Is that how you call it? Yeah. yeah. Textile uh, bin, uh, but, but wear it for a longer period of time. And then, uh, but that's something we're still working on. Um, but we are, yeah, we really want to like on our, uh, on our website, for example, that you are able to, eh, maybe at some point after you wore your piece for maybe because it's eh, the idea yeah. is that it's one of your favorite pieces. Yeah. So maybe after five or 10 years, uh, maybe there is a few holes or, you know, you're, you're also living. So yeah, it's course, also, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, you need to live, live in your clothing and have fun and stuff. So maybe... You cannot wear or you don't want to wear it anymore because of these holes in the sleeve somewhere. Yeah, but the, the rest of the fabric is still good. So it's our dream, so to say, or, or that's something we're working on, is that we want to provide, for example, pattern pieces, which you can download. Uh, and then you can make something uh, for your daughter, for example, yeah. or uh, for a little sister or for yeah. someone else, like a, a smaller something, of course, because yeah, yeah you have to say goodbye, unfortunately, to part of the fabric, but most of the fabric you can still uh, give a second life then, or a third life, because it already has a second life. Um, And another thing we're working on is uh, a marketplace. Uh, So if your item is still in very good condition, and hey, there's also this is also a discussion because a lot of people say like, yeah, maybe it's more expensive to, uh, to buy into sustainable or circular fashion. Uh, but the idea is also you buy less and you buy better pieces. Uh, and the idea is that on this marketplace, you are able to uh, offer your Charlie Mary piece. Find uh, secondhand. To someone else. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, And then you can buy something else, for example. Because That's... maybe you do want another dress. In, yeah, sure. In... I mean, we're human. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. Sometimes it's nice to treat yourself or to have a different look. Yeah. But yeah. so I'm going to go a bit towards the thinking process because you are the co-founder. So you've really thought about this brand that you wanted to create. And I often find, but perhaps you're just much better than I am in that, I often find it hard to think outside of the box. So you you kind of look at what other labels do and then you think, okay, I'll choose the best option, right? Like, so if there's brands and they try to do it a bit more with ecological or biological or yeah. uh, it's it looks a bit more green or it looks a bit more sustainable, then you try to go with that. Yeah. But you got me thinking, 
okay, so you can also work with fabric that was otherwise not being used at all. So how did you do, how did you start from scratch really thinking about how do I want the future of fashion to look like? Uh, yeah, I think with what we do, we already have like a, a wide perspective uh, because we started with having a shop. Uh, so we had a shop for 10 years uh, and then yeah. we had an agency or we have an agency already since uh, yeah, almost uh, 10 years. Yeah, so the agency means that you are the agent of... For uh, fashion brands. Yeah, yeah. the, the forward-thinking labels, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and then we also do a lot of projects to accelerate uh, positive change uh, in fashion. Yeah. Um, so we, we work, uh, we collaborate with a lot of different companies, different people um, to accelerate this positive change in the fashion industry, um, which also... I think enables us to think out of the box. Uh, so we didn't look at other brands uh, and said like, okay, that's what we want to become. Uh, it basically uh, grew out of, uh, a no, not a feeling, but knowing uh, also yeah, from the retailers we work with, um, but also like direct uh, consumer contacts we have, uh, people in the industry we work with. Yeah, you get um, a diverse spectrum of stories as yeah, well, of course. Yeah. yeah, what was missing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in, in circular fashion, it's still very difficult because next to working with that stock, uh, which is for a bigger part, uh, because afterwards it's been uh, created in an atelier uh, in Turkey under fair working conditions, uh, of course. Uh, and then it's sent over uh, to, uh, to us. Uh, we distribute it amongst uh, customers. Uh, but next to this, uh, because this is a, a great way to yeah, to be a circular fashion brand, but at some point, hopefully, <laughs> the dead stock fabrics will be gone. Uh, they, yeah, they will be used up by uh, circular fashion brands. And what do you do then? Like, you don't want to create new fabrics. Uh, so we are also working on uh, oh yeah, pilots, maybe we can call them, uh, of recycled fabric fabrics. So uh, recycled fabrics hmm. from the Netherlands. So what you throw into the green textile bins, uh, they are then recycled into new yarns. Hmm. And we actually, uh, in the coming weeks, or it's already like, uh, you it's can probably already see already it on the website, the, but you yeah. can pre-order it. Yeah. Um, the first uh, trousers, uh, and we have a jumper made of recycled fabrics. That's cool. Yeah. And so did you have, do, do you then future strategize with what can we do if, there's no more dead stock. Is that how it works in yeah, your team? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, first we started, uh, yeah, already like now, I think about two years ago. Okay. There's a gap here. Um, uh, there was already a gap like uh, sustainable fashion brands, uh, which are uh, like really like the fashion classics to compete with now, yeah, the so-called uh, favorites, Scandinavian favorites, mm -hmm. uh, which are sometimes for retailers hard to replace by a sustainable alternative. So mm. that style-wise, there was yeah. a gap there. Yeah. Uh, then uh, we started researching, okay, but then if we're going to fill that gap, uh, what's the, like, how can we do it in the best way possible? Yeah. That's to create a circular fashion brand because the only way forward is to become circular because there's way too much waste. Yeah. Um, And then uh, I, I really want to add to that, that it's also that very, very important to not, because nowadays there's a lot of uh, focus on uh, fabrics and uh, innovation, but we really shouldn't forget about the human part. Um, the fair fashion yeah, that it's, part. Uh, yeah, that it's also fair and equal and yeah, not at the cost of uh, other people. 
Um, so then we started there and then uh, we learned, okay, what you can do now with the means you have, like with this, uh, the, the size you have, uh, you start with the dead stock fabrics. Then we started to research further, like talking with more people. Yeah. Okay, but what's then the future? Now, yeah, you also want to work with what you have, and then yeah. you have these big piles of textile waste. Yeah, can uh, we not do something with yeah exactly. the recycled version? Yeah, you yeah. want to clean, you clean up that waste, yeah. uh, and then you can make new, pretty stuff out of it. And then how you how do you do that in the best way possible? Um, so then we started looking for partners. Uh, which creates in a fair way also uh, local because the recycled fabrics are locally sourced. Uh, so then we started working with uh, Makers Unite, for example, in the Halle in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. um, who uh, who produced uh, yeah. yeah these uh, these items. Do I maybe this is a a bit of a teasing question, but I'm serious. Like, do you never get tired? Because it's not the easy road. Like, even I as a no. consumer, <laughs> yeah. sometimes when I try to be really sustainable in my decisions, I kind of get grumpy because then I find this wonderful sustainable brand, but I don't really like it. You yeah. know? Or, and it, it's just, it's just so much easier to go to, well, what you call the Scandinavian favorite of fast fashion, right? Yeah. And they will have things that are in fashion and it costs you like five euros. And it's just sometimes if you're tired, you kind of lose that discipline and it's yeah. it's so easy to just get drawn into it. Do you never have that, that you kind of think, why did I choose this path, you know? I don't think so, because I also saw the other side and mm, I, I was yeah. very sure that I... I didn't want to yeah, work in that, that, or I didn't yeah. want to no, that be part sense. of that. Yeah, uh, and then also, it's so much more clear as well than if you're on the, I don't know, just ordering side where you just see a website with happy shiny people yeah. wearing nice t-shirts. Perhaps you saw the backside, right? That makes a difference. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but also I think because I'm doing this now already for over twelve years. I don't know exactly how long, but for a long time. Uh, and I still like it because I think, uh, yeah, because of all these background stories and yeah. um, I don't think I would have stayed in a company, um, yeah, not being uh, in, in, in this no. uh, part of the fashion industry for such a long time and still, and yeah, I still enjoy it because yeah. we are constantly uh, looking for solutions and, yeah. uh, and I like researching, like it's like, so I, yeah, that's really what I like to do. Um But yeah, you're right. It's not easy. And maybe the hardest part is uh, how do we communicate uh, to the consumer? Uh, because yes, people uh, would like to be, uh, would like to make sustainable choices. Uh, but no, they don't want to spend too much time or it shouldn't be too difficult or there shouldn't be too much text explaining uh, why you're such a sustainable brand. So we're always struggling a bit there. Like, okay, how much of the story should we share? Uh, with who and hmm. yeah. I always ask my my guests like, what did you have to learn most in this whole journey? I mean, you're the yeah. creative director. Is that something that you really had to learn? Like finding this balance between you really deep diving and then the consumers perhaps needing less information, but just or yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's one of the yeah, that's one of the important things I had to learn. Yeah. Because I'm I'm passionate about it, so I, I want to tell the whole story. But yeah, you really have to think about okay, but how do we bring this story across so that people actually still find it interesting and, mm. and don't lose interest at some point? Yeah. 
but maybe also that in general, uh, most people uh, don't really like change. <laughs> so you also like if if you're uh, in business to create change, uh, then you should also be yeah aware that hey, you come across some. Uh, Discussion and yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's always a bit of a fine line between uh, finding um, consent, uh, but also agreeing not to agree at this point in time, which which can be very frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine if you're really in there, you're really enthusiastic about the opportunities and the changes yeah. that need be made, and you sit on a round table with other people in the industry and they don't have an incentive necessarily, then it must be, what have you learned in communication then? How can you convince people that really aren't so interested? Yeah, you always have to find like, okay, what drives them? Um, and in the end, uh, people want to do good. You know, they, they, don't, they don't want to be part of a system which is polluting or exploiting or unequal. Uh, they want to be yeah, part of something which... Yeah, which is doing something for the world, yeah. doing something good for the world. So, um, but you have to, yeah, take time to bring that story across because, like you say, it's uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's a bit of a too long, uh, complicated, uh, yeah, story. Yeah. Um, so it takes time, patience, <laughs> very important, um, and um, I think in the field we are working in, uh, for a lot of people, change means. Uh, yeah, you may, and and not for the consumer, but maybe for the people working in the industry and people, hey, you want to uh, maybe investors, for example, um, or, no, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, for a lot of people, change also means getting a bit less comfortable. Uh, and it's our job to make sure that for consumers, it's still as comfort comfortable. Yeah, so it's just as pretty, just as easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the price shouldn't be too high. You know, it should be uh, approachable still. Um, so that's our job. And, yeah. um, no, but you're right. I mean, yeah. for, for investors, for example, perhaps they have to read a little bit more or understand this is why we do not do this, even if it's a bit of an indirect way. Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine that that's part of your job. You exactly, know, trying yeah. To and take it's a, uh, yeah, return on investment, for example, is yeah. much longer uh then then another um business yeah uh, sure mode. yeah yeah because you, system, yeah. you're not selling business model yeah. yeah you're not selling millions of five euro things that are then being tossed away and then buying new things right so yeah that's no it takes a bit longer and yeah also now i mean the whole system of recycling uh, fabrics from the netherlands into new fabrics in the netherlands preferably uh, which we do with the textile of textile stad enschede does this and uh, we work with them uh, to to buy this fabric from yeah. them, um, but yeah, it's still uh, a bit more expensive than when you buy uh, fabrics elsewhere. Yeah, when you produce elsewhere. Yeah. So for investors, uh, yeah, they also have to realize, you know, to be part of this system change, uh, I may have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. What if what if I have a brand now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the creative director of my own fashion brand. Um, and I'm listening to your story and I think, hmm, maybe I'm not super contributing in the right direction. Maybe there's something to learn. What What do you think a future proof company or leader in this field needs 
most? What should they do? What should be first steps when it comes to strategies or capabilities? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, in, in the field of uh, creating change, uh, I would say collaborate rather than compete. Hmm. Um, so, and then, and then see collaboration from, yeah, from a humble perspective. So, because you don't, like if everyone starts trying to invent the wheel themselves, yeah. uh, we don't have so much time. And it's also really not needed, you know. It's it's also much more fun to look around you, and to uh, to see there's so much happening already, you know. And then to go uh, speak to those other companies uh, or creative director of another company yeah. or uh, you know someone else who works in that company or someone you spoke to like at an event a few years ago, and then uh, you have that conversation, and and maybe they already invented that wheel and they want to collaborate with you, and together. You can make make a much bigger change uh, at a faster pace, mm-hmm. which we really need. Yeah, um, and yeah. so that's also a hopeful message. I mean, so brands like yourself, or perhaps other brands who are also really, really concerned with changing the field, you say they're often open for just collaboration or try to see what we can do together. So it's not yeah. it's not only the comp- competition. No, no, and trying to be the best or no, because that's not what it's about. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think, yeah, like our collections or drops, (laughs) our collection in general, like uh, we we co-created, co-developed our collections with uh, other creative companies. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I mean, if listeners are in the business and they're interested, we'll, we'll, Leave, of course, the uh, contact information in the show notes. So maybe there are some nice collaborations. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for, if it comes to a leader, one of the things I also hear you say is, you know, if if you want to encourage change, then it might mean that you have to do a bit of research because it can be really complicated and you have to learn how to communicate pragmatic change towards yeah. people who may not be super willing to go into the discomfort of, of having to change, right? So those are also capabilities that you will have to train if you want to be a future-proof yeah. um, creative yeah, director. Yeah. Then. yeah, you have to dive a bit uh, deeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Do you, as a last question, have, I don't know, a nice book or a podcast or a film or a quote that always inspires you in your work or life? Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I have a lot of uh, podcasts and books and stuff which inspire me. Uh, but I think what I w- the one I would like to share is uh, a documentary film, The True Cost, ah, yeah. which you've probably heard of. Yeah. Uh, because I th- uh, I remember from when we had the shop, uh, we still had the shop then when this uh, documentary documentary this mm-hmm. this film came out, <laughs> and um, a lot of people came in and they said I saw it and. I, I don't want to consume in this way anymore. Like I want to yeah. uh, think about what I buy, uh, maybe secondhand or maybe search for sustainable alternatives. But after so- seeing this movie, it became clear to me uh, what is the bigger picture. Um, and I think this movie really, um, yeah, it really shows what what is going uh, what is going on behind uh, that curtain, glamorous curtain mm. uh, of the fashion industry. In a very, um, yeah, it's it's bringing you, it's bringing the story closer to home, uh, and I think that's important. That yeah. it really reaches people, and they they can really connect uh, also with uh, people making the clothes. Uh, yeah, which I 
think uh, in the true. I, when I saw it, I was like, okay, even people working in the sustainable industry already, they should see it. They should re rewatch it once a year. Yeah. At least, because, well, yeah. yeah, it's one of the movies that I know I have to watch, but I didn't. So oh, maybe yeah. I should. Um, and I think it's the same as what I just said with, I try to, well, first of all, I try not to buy as much. Yeah. I think that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, but but even if like sometimes, yeah, you inspired me to to perhaps indeed dive it, dive a bit deeper because sometimes it is, it feels like, oh, I don't know, how, how should I compare? I don't really know what sustainable is then. Sometimes I'm afraid it's greenwashing. But yeah, maybe maybe we all owe it to the world, right? To just dive a little bit deeper, try to find a little bit more information. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, and then you can always go for what you find, you know, very important. Like yeah. if you if you look at yourself and you you truly ask yourself, okay, what do I like if I buy something, what do I find like yeah. very, very important? So and more the social you... circumstances or the sustainable like environment circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. These days I think on every website you are able to find a little bit. Yeah. Uh if you if you can't, then maybe no, Skip it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good sign. But, but yeah. if you can, and you know you can relate to it, uh, then that's already a good start. And yeah. and I'm sure then that that makes you more happy as well to wear it. And yeah, you feel more confident as well. And Absolutely. people say like, oh, what a nice dress. And uh, you are happy to share the story. And then uh, from there, it'll develop. Yeah, because then you know it makes you happy. So you will you will continue doing it. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's oftentimes um, it's, it's you know, with doing good, with making small steps, like whether it's plant-based eating or um, wearing sustainable fashion, I think people only think about like, oh, I'll have to suffer, I'll have to give yeah. up something. <laughs> but nowadays, so many people feel guilty that they're not doing what they know they kind of want and should that it can also feel like a relief, like finally I'm now doing the good thing and that can yeah. really give you a happy feeling. So that's also nice to see the sunny side there. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's good to start, you know, you don't have to do everything at once or, uh, yeah, also realize, okay, 100% is, is also basically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. start somewhere and then you grow from there. Yeah, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here in this uh, Amsterdam studio. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> I think another episode that the um, listeners will like if they haven't listened already to it, we've had um, Marike Ijskoot in the yeah. show before, uh, who wrote this is a sustainable guide. So that might also, if you're interested in this topic, then that might be another tip to listen to um, after this one. And for all of you, for Marike, a big thank you for joining us. And for all the listeners, thank you so much for listening to the episode of the Unmachine Yourself podcast. If you found this story inspiring or insightful, then please, please do share it with your own network and get the ripple effect going because it's really needed, I think, to have a little bit more information on this topic, to know what our options are, to know what is perhaps not fast fashion, but slow and good and pretty fashion. You'd also make us really happy with a good review in iTunes because that makes the podcast easier to find for other listeners. And if you would like to receive letters from the future, uh, including art from the future, recipes, fashion tips, uh, news articles from the future, we do send those from Hatch and you can 
Check that at uh, www.imhatch.com. They're for free, of course. Uh, you could also follow us on Instagram, join Hatch. Um, and lovely to be in contact with you next time. Bye.